Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diary of an Ex-English Major, the show that discusses literature and media like in your favorite English seminar course. I'm your host, Deja, a blogger at cityofdeja.com, and in today's episode, I'll be discussing the concept of hyped or popular books, its effect on our reading enjoyment and expectations, and my personal process of choosing what books to read next. Happy listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Um, I am so excited for today's episode because technically this is my first official solo episode after the pilot. Um, the response to my first interview with my guest Simone were was really good. So thank you for all the great feedback and you know, just for everyone who reached out to me. I really appreciate it. This podcast is such a passion project for me. So you know, knowing that there are people out there who actually tune in and want to listen to it just makes me extremely happy. So thank you very much. In today's episode, I'll be tackling quite the topic with the concept of hyped, in quotations, or popular books and managing our reading expectations. Um, if you're in, in any way a part of or adjacent to the online bookish community, also called the Bookdernet, bookish internet, all of that reviewing like book spaces, then you've definitely seen the phrase like hyped books around. Um, this concept doesn't even just relate to books. I think any kind of uh, community that consumes media or what have you has this concept of hyped. We hear it about movies, we hear it about TV shows, and we hear it about books. But for the un- uninitiated, A hyped book is one that is seemingly read by many and loved by many. But this isn't necessarily referring to kind of like backlist classics. I think that that's like a whole other conversation and quite frankly, one that I'm not extremely well versed in. Um, I'm kind of just talking about new releases um, mainly or even backlist releases up to maybe the last 10 or so years that just find a kind of like newfound success Um, I guess I could even say like virality, like it goes viral on a certain platform and everyone and their mom just loves this book. (laughs) The reactions and reviews for hyped books are seemingly all positive and everyone's singing singing the praises of the book. And it's usually followed by, you know, people saying, you need to read this. This is a must read. Just lots of really big grandiose statements about how amazing um, a certain book is. And I want to talk about it uh, because I feel like the concept of hype is one that we all buy into. I'll talk a little bit later about, you know, the the hype that I'm kind of buying into right now with one of my recent book purchases. Um, That'll be towards the end of the episode, but we all buy into it, right? But I think we all also know that in actuality, there isn't a book out there that has garnered zero negative reviews. There isn't a book out there that everyone has loved equally that's like only gotten four and five stars from every single person that's read it, which is why I think that I'm being really strategic and intentional in my language of saying like that hyped books are more of a concept than anything else. It's this intangible community created phenomenon. And I think that that's extremely fascinating. Um, and just, you know, kind of the perfect topic for a podcast. So I'm really excited to jump into it. Um, I will say that this discussion I'll be having with myself is less centered on like a single hyped book, 
because there are a lot. Um, I'm recording this in June of 2023, and right now, the book that is absolutely inescapable is called Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. I'm sure, you know, like I said, if you are a part of this community, anyway, adjacent to it, you've heard of it, and you you have seen firsthand the hype with this book, so much so that, um, like, I think there's like a shortage in printing. Like, I, I couldn't even get my hands on the book if I wanted to, <laughs> which is kind of insane. Um, so I'm not going to focus on a certain book because I don't know if, if there is like one book that, you know, kind of encompasses hype. It's, it's a cyclical thing. It has its seasons and, you know, that's what makes it all the more fascinating. So I'm mostly going to talk about that community created phenomenon of hype and popularity as it relates to books and our experience with them. So that was a pretty long-winded definition, but hopefully you get the gist and we can jump right into things. So first, I do want to hit on the positives of hype. Um, and in my humble opinion, I do think that hype books are what constitute like the online bookish space in the community. Um, if there were like no overlapping reads and opinions and people talking about the same books over and over, like I don't know that the community on any platform would have like come into fruition like it has. So I'm talking about like YouTube, Instagram, and most recently um, TikTok. You know, there was a lot of conversation about kind of TikTok rehyping old hype books, and I thought that whole thing was just quite interesting because we saw firsthand how cyclical hype really is. It's kind of just about there being a perfect time, a perfect platform, and like the perfect audience for hype to happen and for it to kind of like affect book sales and all of these things, because that's exactly what happened on Book Talk with a lot of, you know, what I would say your backless young adult titles. I'm talking shatter me and like so many other things it also happened with a lot of backless new adult romance and so that's kind of found not only a new audience but you know there are new authors on the market kind of speaking to that um i wouldn't say a court of thorns and roses because that's the hype for that has really never ever died down i mean i read that book when it released in 2015 and i think that its popularity and hype um has just grown since then so but that has definitely found a new target audience in um book talk so but all of that has kind of set the foundations for this community you know like people are kind of reading the same things just like we all did um on booktube and bookstagram all those years ago even though you know we're like oh those are backlist books like Lots of people have already read them, but yes, while that might be true, the the community aspect of it is being replicated on BookTok, which I think is actually quite interesting to see. I find that hype really creates conversation. Uh, I mean, it gets people active, and it, frankly, it's just it's fun to talk and chat about books that everyone is reading, um, especially if you have an interest in it and you read it, and you know tons of other people that you follow have also read it and you want to know their thoughts like I think that's why we um, I mean I can only really speak for myself but that's why I you know am so active in these spaces and join these communities at all I was reading a lot and I wanted to talk to people about it and I wanted to get other book recommendations and I mean it kind of altered my my reading taste in the for the better in some ways maybe not in others 
Um, but you know, that's kind of what keeps us coming back is this, um, the conversation and the activity and just that sense of community. I mean, you know, just to kind of hit on what I was just saying, like I came of age during like this digital era during the age of the internet. So when I'm in bookstores or browsing anywhere for books, I often have somewhat of an idea of what I'm looking for. And that is thanks to popular recognizable height titles. I know certain titles of books and, you know, and names of authors like the back of my hand, because I kind of run in these spaces so much that I, I almost know what I'm looking for, even when I don't know what I'm looking for. Um, if that makes sense. Like I go into a bookstore and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have, I'll just throw out an author. They've got Cassandra Clare here because I, I know Cassandra Clare. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they have this book in the series. Um, and I haven't even read her other spinoff. You know, like there are all these kind of little webs and, um, and things that are created because of the fact that we all kind of read the same book. So I'm saying all that to say, there is a sense of community that is created. And I do think that that really is a good thing. Even more so, I'm sure that this is like a dream come true for publishing companies. When books are selling like hotcakes due to hype and they're flying off the shelf. And it, I mean, what publishing companies are businesses, they wanna make money and seeing a book, you know, that they have to continuously print because so many people want to get their hands on it is a perfect problem to have, I would think. The issue comes when you get your hands on that super popular book, the hottest thing out at the time, and it is so disappointing. And you don't enjoy a word of it. And you push through it. You push through it thinking, okay, well, I'm not impressed now, but maybe the ending will make it better and it doesn't, I think that the natural reaction is to blame the hype. The natural reaction is to claim that all the reviews and the responses to the book were bold-faced lies, and you want your time and your money back, and you feel slighted, and you know our favorite phrase is to say, it was not worth the hype. It was not worth the hype. Um, you know, that that is very disappointing. I'm sure we can so many people can relate, or I hope that others can relate because I know that I have experienced that one too many times. It's so disappointing when you are so excited for a book, you think it's gonna be a hit um, because you've seen so many times that it is a hit for so many other people. Um, and you kind of just go into it because like the time is now, it's the book of the season, let's read it, let's get on in on that conversation, let's get, gets, you know, continue to create that sense of community. You read it and you just, don't like it. I get it. And I've been there. However, <laughs> I do think that there is a second part to this that I would love to explore a little bit more in this episode. And that is that managing our expectations when it comes to popular books. So the second step that we often don't really think of doing, because again, the sense of the, the sense of community, um, I think the pace, <laughs> the pace at which hype cycles in and out is it is what makes us want to read this book now get your hands on it now read it now and you know throw caution to the wind we forget to manage our expectations and that is kind of a personal task and i would like to explain a bit further 
So I have been consuming content about books for a very, very long time. Um, going on 10 years, I believe, because I'm pretty sure I discovered BookTube properly um, in 2014. So I was quite young. And honestly, since then, I have not left this space. I, I do think that reviews are really useful. I, I like reading reviews sometimes after I've read a book, sometimes before. Um, I, I like doing that. Um, so I really have never left this space. And I know that that's not for everyone, but I'm saying all that to say that I am someone who enjoys consuming content about books. And I have for a very long time. Booktube, Bookstagram, all that jazz. Um, and while we are definitely in like a renaissance of sorts with bookish like online content because of book talk and just like short form content in general, a lot of our experiences um, with hype books, with popular books are very familiar and cyclical. Um, I think that anyone on any space, like whether you're someone who like only reads book blog reviews and you only follow book blogs, um, can relate to that feeling of finding a book that is heavily reviewed and a lot of those are positive and you you were intrigued in it enough because you know sometimes there's a book out there everyone's reading it you read the synopsis you're not interested in it but when you are interested in it uh you purchase it or get it from your library or whatever you read it and it just it falls completely short this has happened so many times for me and I, I just, I know there are others out there who this has also happened with. I'll name a couple of mine, but you know, again, like I said, this is not about any particular book. I have reviews for some of these that I'll like link in the show notes if you really do want to know what I did think of a certain book. Um, but a, a couple that I listed or that come to mind for me are The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. This was one of the first, I think, book talk recommendations that I took, maybe. And I just, I wasn't into this one, guys. I was not into this one at all. It just wasn't for me. I was hopeful at the time I was reading tons of romance, so I was definitely the target audience, but it was just not in my cup of tea. Beach Read by Emily Henry is another one. This one, I don't think I saw any negative reviews at all. Maybe I should have just like sought out some. Um, Goodreads has, you know, the feature where you can, you can filter reviews out so you can read the one stars or the two star, usually two star, two, three star reviews or some are usually better than the one star reviews. One star reviews are usually people who there was just one thing that annoyed them so much or they just hated the writing or whatever. So sometimes you can get a little bit more out of a two star review. But anyway, Beach Read was one that I didn't see any anything bad about. And I and I read the synopsis and I thought it was so interesting. This is when Emily Emily Henry was really hitting the scene as like a I'm not sure what to call her. Um a, a romance writer of sorts. Um but yeah, I, I just I really wasn't into that one. And then Ace of Spades was one that hurt me. I thought I was going to really, really enjoy that one. It had um, the premise or like the quick pitch was Gossip Girl meets Get Out. It had a beautiful cover, which is another thing that really like pulled me in. Um, and I read it and I just, I, I, I did not like it. I did not like it at all. Um, so those are just a couple of like kind of like past hype books that, you know, they fell short. And I felt so slighted and, and sad because when you really are anticipating a book, 
um, after seeing lots of praise for it, that feeling of just it not clicking for you or not jiving with you is 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 no fun at all. <laughs> I don't think that's why, you know, most of us like to pick up books and read them. We want to enjoy them typically. Um, however, all of that, you know, I I despite all of that, I do think that there is a fine line between fully buying into the hype and allowing it to completely skew our expectations of the book. Um, my example for this is The Raven Cycle by Maggie Stiebotter. I said in the last episode, the interview with Simone, that I would reveal my current read at, the, at that time, which was Call Down the Hawk by Maggie Stiebotter. I'm gonna end up mainly talking about the Raven Cycle in this episode, but I did reread Call Down the Hawk, and that is something that kind of spurred um, my interest in talking about this because it, it, it heavily relates to managing my reading expectations. So Call Down the Hawk is, um, for those that don't know, the first book in the spinoff series of The Raven Cycle. So really, I'm still talking about the same concept here, but I read The Raven Boys, which is the first book in that quartet years ago, following lots of hype and praise for it on booktube. And I did not really enjoy book one. Um, I went into it for the romance. I thought that there was going to be a lot more romance. And despite what the synopsis says, what the synopsis gives us about um, like there being a romance or, you know, basically it tells us that our our main character Blue is kind of destined to uh, kill her first true love. Um, she has like a curse on her. And so you think like, oh my goodness, like, what does that mean? Like, I'm, I'm very intrigued and you think it's going to be some kind of romance and it it just it just isn't um and at that point in my reading life writing wasn't something I heavily focused on I wanted to be sold exactly what I was sold a book was going to be and that was that and the Raven Boys unfortunately did not check any of those boxes it was a really big letdown um but I was hopeful that it would get better I, I didn't completely dislike it to the point where I didn't want to read anything else in that series, I was just, I was hopeful that I would eventually get what I wanted. Um, which, I mean, it's, it's really not the best mindset to have, but I'm, I'm gonna get there. <laughs> so I got the other books as they released in paperback. Um, so that took a couple of years and then I kind of on a whim decided that I would reread The Raven Boys with my newfound knowledge of it, not in fact being centered on a romance, but instead being centered on friendship and magic and found family and just really laying the foundations for the rest of the series it is as introductory of a book as you can really get not a lot really happens in that book because it's it's just kind of laying the foundations and maggie seabotter i now know is such a masterful writer that she's not really interested in giving you like the tropes and the beats that you might want out of a young adult book She's going to give you whatever she wants and whatever she thinks is going to, you know, serve the characters in the very strange plot um, the best. And that's what she did. So I read, I reread The Raven Boys and then I read the rest of the books for the first time. And let me tell you, I love them all so much with these new expectations that I had. So, so much. Not just like, oh, okay, I enjoyed it more. Like, no, it, it, I loved them so much it became basically one of my favorite 
young adult series. I can confidently say that it it did. It was so, so good. Um, and upon my finishing um, them, or maybe it was the second time I reread it, I forget, but I, I wrote a blog post titled, Should You Read The Raven Boys? In hopes that if anyone Googled something along those lines, they would be brought to that post where I recommend kind of adjusting your expectations accordingly. And that that was a case of me kind of managing my own expectations after being let down, I must say, and it working out for the better. I also think that this is why just rereading is so important. <laughs> I mean, like books, books don't expire and our opinions on them don't have to remain static they can change especially if there's a good chance that like changing our expectations or like it was our expectations in the first place are what made the reading experience less than stellar and not just the hype because for me with the raven boys like yes it was the hype that's why i picked it up in the first place but like it was my own my own expectations that really stopped me from enjoying the book as much as I did. And like I said, The Raven Cycle is one of my favorite young adult series. I, I can confidently say that now. And it's absolutely one of a kind and it's so, so good. And I'm, I'm glad that I kind of went through the process of giving it this like second chance, but allowing myself to know what it was and what it was going to do instead of pushing my own expectations and wants onto it. <laughs> because I mean, I will say we do eventually get like a romance, but really that's like not the point of the series. Um, it is a, a heavy hitter in kind of moving the plot along, but the character work is is where the magic really is. But anyway, I'm glad, I'm saying all that to say that I'm, I'm so glad that I went through that process and did not miss out on such a great series. Because I mean, reading at the end of the day is, quite personal and whatever we read is up to interpretation um, through our own lived experiences, what we read before and what our personal tastes are. All of these things affect how we read and uh, what we take from what we read. So while I think it's like so easy to let hype and popularity do all the legwork and guiding like what we choose to read and like why we choose to read it, like, oh, to, to be in on the, the new like hottest book out, I do think that there is immense power and honestly just a lot of saved time and money when we develop like our own decision-making process on what we read uh, because we don't always have time to, or we don't always want to read a book and then be let down from it and then have to reread it years later to, to really enjoy it. Um, you know, sometimes we'll read a book, not like it and get rid of it right then and there. Um, the Raven Cycle was really the exception for me, but that experience really taught me to kind of slow down and create a decision-making process that was solely my own, that was gonna help me a little bit more when it came to sifting through hyped books and sifting through like how I wanted to go about reading them, which I will discuss next. So how I choose what to read outside of the hype bubble. Um, this is like not a foolproof list. Um, I, I still buy into hype like anyone else. Like I said, that sense of community and like discussing books and like the excitement of it is a feeling that I also crave. And I think it's fun. I think that that's 
a reason that I write reviews still all these years later and have tried to refine my reviewing skills so much because I think it's really fun to read a book and review it and kind of read other people's reviews and see what they're all saying about a certain book. But I have kind of developed strategies that I think have helped me a lot more with like avoiding that feeling of like reading something, expecting to really enjoy it and just it completely falling short. So these days, reading samples of books are my best friend. It's it's something I love to do. I've done it so many times. Um, I'll download a, a, a Kindle sample from Amazon, or I can also read ebook samples through my library. And an ebook sample, you're you're gonna get a pretty a pretty good introduction to the book. So I'll read that, and that kind of lets me know: Do I want to add this to my online shopping cart, or to my to read list, or to checkout list on my library app, or not? Um, this gives me a sense of the writing and whether I like the setup of the story that I was promised in the synopsis. Because, guys, a synopsis is is persuasive. It's gonna use all the buzzwords. It's gonna put all the tropes out there. It's it wants you to pick up the book. It knows that the first thing someone is doing after looking at the cover, because we all do, covers matter, <laughs> is turning the book over. Um, if it's if it's a paperback, or opening the inside cover. If it's a hardcover, and reading what exactly the synopsis is saying. What is this? You know, what is this synopsis telling me or promising me that I'm going to get out of this book? I think that you know, as I have just become more well read, I've realized that that's the synopsis job. It, it wants me to add it to my cart. It wants that to be enough. The second step, the second step is to open the book up or download a sample and see, do I even like the setup of this, you know, story that I was promised? It, I, I don't have like a really good example for this. It's kind of just something where if there's something in the synopsis that's really calling to me, I do I even like how they're go, the author is going about setting this up? Sometimes I like my things to begin like in media res and just kind of like right in the middle, like just in, in, the middle, in the middle of action or like following a scene that just happened and kind of changed the trajectory of the character's life, something like that. I often don't really like when books are starting at the very, very beginning and all the characters are just meeting each other. <laughs> I typically don't. It has to be done extremely well for me to like that. So that's something that I do. Um, I like having collection of my reads. So sampling books before purchasing them or even reading the entire book as an ebook from my library before getting a hard copy is really the way to go um, for me. I also like trying a chapter of a list of books um, so maybe it's not like only one thing, but just trying a chapter of maybe a, a list of a couple of different hype books and seeing which one captures me the most because something on its own might seem good for the moment or, you know, something that you're intrigued enough to continue on. But if you're comparing it to maybe other things that are out and getting talked about just as much, you might realize like, oh, well, this one actually doesn't compare to uh, this first chapter at least doesn't really compare to this other first chapter. So I'm just going to choose this one over it and maybe go back to, you know, option B when the hype dies down a little bit. <laughs> and I don't feel as compelled to read it right now because as I mentioned before, books don't expire, guys. We don't have to read them ASAP. We just think we do. <laughs> but like on the opposite end, 
sometimes, sometimes reading a book, reading a new release as soon as it comes out is the way to go. I personally like doing this with some of my favorite authors, um, or specifically my auto buy authors, like not just authors I like, but ones that I will, I will buy something as soon as it hits the shelf. Um, so House of Sky and Breath is the second book in the Crescent City, Crescent City series by Sarah J. Mass, and that released in 2022. And I can't remember if there were arc reviews of this. If there were, and arc reviews are advanced readers' copies, so these are um, people who are able to read and review and kind of like post about books um, before it's released. It's usually, I believe, just to kind of create more conversation about a book um, and kind of more publicity for it before it comes out. Um, I don't know if there were arcs of this book because I, I believe that there weren't just because so many things happened in this. So it would have been kind of crazy if there were, but I don't honestly remember because this did release in 2022. But anyway, that was one of my anticipated releases of the year and I avoided Instagram and YouTube like the plague for like a week. I had to finish that book myself. I didn't want to see anyone's reactions. I didn't want to see any any reviews, any star ratings at all. I didn't want anyone else's reactions to be on my mind at all. I wanted to go into this and only have my own thoughts and experiences with this book. And I think that that is only going to become even more of a thing for Sarah J Mass books because she has such a wide readership and she's just so extremely popular now that that is just the way to go. So I mean, for those who weren't around for the release of House of Sky and Breath and who are going to be reading House of Flame and Shadow, my advice to you is stay off of social media when that book comes out. Just read it in your own time and come back when you have because whew, it is, it's going to be something. Um, especially if you read that book, you know that there are some major things that can be spoiled. And I'm very thankful that I did not Get any of that spoiled to me. <laughs> um, another thing that I do is something that has definitely changed over the last year or so, but I like to stick to my genres. Um, this is something that kind of comes over time as you really understand your own reading taste. I mentioned in the pilot episode how I kind of read every single like young adult fantasy paranormal that was on the shelf at the time that I got into reading young adult books. And that's because I didn't know what I liked and everything seemed good. And so I wanted to just consume it all. But by doing that, I definitely was able to understand my reading taste a little bit more because I didn't enjoy every single one of those books that I read. I thought that some were definitely stronger than others. And so throughout that process, I was able to kind of get a first sense of, okay, I like this in books. I don't like this and just what my reading taste and preferences were. Um, so by doing that and by like kind of learning to understand what you like and what you don't like, you can follow reviewers with like similar taste. So I like to follow um, reviewers with similar taste to mine and that's a great way for me to get recommendations that will most likely work best for me because I know that these people have enjoyed books that I have um, and if I've read their reviews, you know, it, they probably liked it for the same reasons I did. And if they're able to, you know, break down exactly what they liked and didn't like, and for the most part, it really aligns, then I know, okay, I want to really follow this person and their reviews a lot more because I might be able to get some really good recommendations that most likely doesn't, you know, like I said, not foolproof, but most likely are going to be hits for me. So those are a few things that I like to do 
when I am deciding what to read next and just how I sift through recommendations. It's so easy to, it's, I mean, I, I'm, you know, a victim of this too, guys. Like, well, I'm like a perpetuator of this too. I've read a book, loved it so much. And, you know, I said that I highly recommend it, but you know, I think that anyone out there should take that. What a grain of salt. I am one person and I have my reading taste and my reading preferences. And my hope is that someone out there would, you know, love whatever book I'm screaming to the rooftops about just as much as I did. But the chances of that are really a toss up. There's no way to know. Um, But leisure reading really is such a just personal experience, I think. So sometimes it's best to to center our likes and dislikes and cater to them as best we can. We all fall into the hype train. We all do. Um, uh, My most recent kind of buying into hype was that I purchased Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang as my latest um, book buy. And I mean, I'm so just insanely curious about this book. And it's something that I think can only be cured by reading it with my own two eyes. So I get it. I don't think that, um, I don't want this episode to be, you know, oh, ways to avoid hype because who wants to completely avoid hype books? I mean, maybe there are some people out there who want to, but I definitely don't. I I want to enjoy what I read as best as I can. Um, And sometimes kind of sifting through the hype and taking off the rose-tinted glasses is the best way to do that. But I I do still want to read, you know, the new um, hottest thing of the season. So, So I guess sometimes it's just as important to give ourselves a bit of realistic breathing room, a little bit of time to kind of you know, remove ourselves from the hype circle <laughs> and to really decide, decide as best we can without just reading the book as soon as possible, how much we'll actually like it. Um, and so these are just some of the things I do. I am really, really interested to hear some of your thoughts on um, hyped books and popular books and how you choose um, to accept recommendations for books because I think it is so different for everyone. If you're listening to this on Spotify, there is actually a way for you to share your thoughts with me through the Spotify Q&A responses. So I'll add the question um, on there and you can, you know, send back your message and maybe in in another episode, I'll kind of respond to some that I get. (laughs) But if you're not listening on Spotify, that's perfectly fine. You can always just share your thoughts with me on the episode um, on the podcast Instagram or on my Instagram at City of Deja or at Diary of an X Inc. Major. And that is where I will leave you all today. Um, Remember to share some of your thoughts with me as I would really love to hear them, especially on a topic like this. That was the episode on the expectations we bring to what we read, how I choose what to read next, and just the concept of reading popular or hyped books. Thanks for listening to Diary of an Ex-English Major. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you follow the show on your chosen podcast platform, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and follow the podcast Instagram at Diary of an Ex-ing Major. That's E-N-G. I'll see you all soon.